0: Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now for Mind Your Business. You know, according to Citibank's estimates, as many as 88% of financial institutions will continue to explore the digital asset and blockchain application space this year. Yeah. Firms like uh, Oliver Wayman have championed combining the power of decentralized finance with appropriate safeguards to unlock value for issuers, investors, as well as financial firms. Now, closer to Singapore, the MAS's Project Guardian has championed financial applications in digital assets, with the first pilot being led by DBS and JP Morgan. Now, what we are seeing in an institutional adoption of digital assets, however, to achieve a higher level of adoption, trust in these assets will prove crucial, with uh, custodial services playing also an important role there. Now, one company from Singapore, Leminal, is uh, actively pushing for self-custody services to store digital assets in fact we're talking about over 200 million dollars of assets under protection and it's actively pushing for digital assets to be seen as an alternate asset class let's find out more about this and what a self-custody wallet means Uh, Mahin Gupta who is founder of Leminal is on the line with me Mahin good morning how are you
1: good morning thanks for having me
0: tell us a little bit about Leminal. um what what kind of gaps were you guys trying to fill when you came up with the company
1: very simple. Digital assets are just like an asset class. And uh, if you are holding an asset class, then either you want to use the means to secure it, protect it, or you want to use uh, means to uh, in terms of regulations. Mm. So our infrastructure provides uh, uh, the institutions to store their digital assets securely and with compliance. And uh, in case if they want to hold their digital assets on their self-custody, which they should, we provide them a better and secure infrastructure for that.
0: Mm. And you built uh, Liminal during a, a bear market. What kind of challenges did you face?
1: Actually, that's a, a boon in disguise. Mm. So, uh, so when you uh, when you actually try to build a product at that time, if there is like a, normally, crypto assets go through phases of euphoria, and if you are building in that phase, mm. then it's not a good idea. But if you are building a product for uh, long term with a long view for a five years plus. If you are building a custody product for digital assets, then you you cannot build it like a startup. You want to look at lots of regulations impacts, lots of compliance impacts, and lots of security impacts. So this gives us a chance to look at the digital asset custody model with a different lens and trying to kind of do it right for the people. So actually, the bear market helps because... Now, people are not just looking at the the pricing, volatility, or just trying to use the digital assets for investment. But now they are looking at a very separate, very different business models and very different way to look at it, how they they can store it securely and in a compliant manner.
0: Mm. If we were to expand on that and and talk about, you know, leading a startup in, in a bear market, obviously it's different case to case. In your opinion, what are some of the advantages and disadvantages?
1: The first advantage is that you really need to have a good business model. If you do not have a business model and plan in place, then you would not be able to survive this. Also, uh, the capital is not cheap and capital is not available, so if someone is investing in you, then you need to have a really strong team in place, strong com- uh, strong procedures in place, and so on. Also, when you are in a bear market and if you are actually trying to sell your product, then customers are very, very selective on onboarding a new vendor and onboarding a new customer. At that time, it is really important for you to pick the features that actually make sense for the customer and for the other players. In fact, one more thing which we realized is, in fact, the regulators also had kind of a breathing time during the bear market, and they are also looking at it from a very different perspective in terms of digital assets. Some of the institutions which were not wanting to touch uh, during the euphoria phase, they are now also looking at the real use cases and what kind of uh, benefits they can get out of the blockchain technology or digital assets industry. So actually, it opens up a, a new type of markets for you. The same investors or the, the seasoned investors start looking at this asset class because the prices are now much more at a fundamental level compared to the other asset class. In terms of uh, getting talent, this also helps because in a bear market, you are able to build the right team at right cost as well. So in general, you try to become more uh, systematic, more fundamental driven and more business model driven. And that generally helps in business.
0: Mm. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the current uh, crypto landscape. What's your personal overview of this current space?
1: There are two phases of it. One is the, let's say, the pricing, uh, the asset pricing and the market, uh, market side of things. Right now, crypto assets are uh, binding with uh, other asset class and are mainly fluctuated with, with the capital movement uh, with the availability of capital interest rates and all these regimes. So I think that it will keep continue doing this for some time. Mm. But the other part of the, the digital asset ecosystem, which is where the technology comes into the picture and where people look at not only cryptocurrencies, but also various types of digital assets as a, as a separate asset class or as a technology provider or a technology backend. That is where we are seeing a huge amount of momentum. Lots of banks and lots of uh, institutions have started. Of course, they were doing pilots before as well, but now those pilots are at a significant phase. Uh, In fact, 50-plus countries have started uh, looking into CBDCs and are at various stages of trial pilots. In fact, India released their retail CBDC pilot uh, uh, last month. Singapore has done wholesale CBDC pilot. Also, they have done their forex trade on CBDC. Lots of banks in Singapore, uh, including DBS, GP Morgan, are running their pilots here on, on their infrastructure. So in fact, I think the institution landscape has changed much more. Mm. The talk is now only, not only about the pricing, but it is also about looking at it as a a different asset class. In fact, I think JP Morgan and HSBC did a DeFi-based pilot where they can, how they can use a securitized token on an institutional-grade DeFi to leverage the the technology. So uh, one more uh, data point is that approximately more than half of family offices in Singapore and Hong Kong has some kind of exposure to Bitcoin and Ethereum, and at least uh, 30% more of them are looking to now have exposure to uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. And this kind of uh, gives uh, much more confidence to the ecosystem that now uh, more mature, more Seasoned investment players are coming into the ecosystem which will actually helps with the both liquidity and price volatility as well Mm
0: -hmm. I like that last point about you know how half of these uh, more than half of these family offices have uh, some kind of exposure that kind of brings us back down to the ethos of what we were talking about where liminal is concerned this need for self custody in institutional investing tell us a little bit about this I suppose at the same time maybe you could help define the the meaning of wallet Infrastructure.
1: It is very simple. When you are when you are having an asset class, then in traditional asset class, you really did not have any option where you can actually hold the class. For an example, securities, or let's say even uh, institutional level grade gold, uh, holding physical gold, and so on. So at that time, you most of the time you want to use uh, a regulated or a qualified custodian to to store your asset maybe uh, because you are not uh, capable, or maybe regulators want you to use a qualified custodian. But digital assets is the first asset class we are seeing where you have this option available to you. And uh, if you ask me, if you are holding a digital asset, so until there is a regulated reason for you to hold it on a qualified custodian or locally regulated exchange, you should not hold it with third parties. You should always hold it with uh, your own self-custody. Sometimes people think that it is a very new concept. It might be very technologically complex. As people, when, when Internet started, people did not know how to use Internet. They struggled with how to access Internet. Yeah. But now it, it's the same thing here. It's a, it's a small learning curve. And as this learning curve, uh, imp- uh, as the learning curve knowledge improves, And as the market players like Liminal and other custody players improve the infrastructure around self-custody, this will keep improving. Self-custody is basically simply controlling your own assets under your control. Uh, No one else can spend or uh, use that uh, that asset without uh, you approving it or without you authorizing it.
0: Does that then make you invulnerable to things like cyber attacks? Are there any other checks and balances that need to come
1: into play? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, digital assets, let's say, before 10 years did not have a lot of tools and technologies and methods available for uh, for institutional-level storage of digital assets. But now the digital assets industry has moved Really, really fast. In fact, uh, sometimes I say this to my team. digital assets industry is the one industry that moves faster than even even the rockets and uh, uh, even the AI. So uh, right now, the tooling available to store your digital assets securely with lots of new technologies such as multisig, MPC technology, and hardware-based wallets and HSMs. Uh, and other uh, similar uh, safeguards are available there. Companies like Liminal and other custody providers as well has Simplified the user interface and the user experiences. The product experience is much, much simpler. It just feels like that you are just, let's uh, say, you have a HSBC account and you have the security token with you. Therefore, approving a transaction, you are just using that particular token to approve that transaction. That hardware token. All right. The the new interfaces and the new experiences are almost at similar level. Does not require you to understand more on technical natures of uh, digital assets.
0: Mm, so that once you take away that technical nitty-gritty indirectly, you bring in more players and you increase that investor interest.
1: Absolutely. And that also improves confidence of regulator because regulator mm-hmm. always wanted to look at the consumer protection, the security risk and the price volatility risk as well. So if the players involved in are mature and they are building the technology uh, from first principles And if they are able to build a secure infrastructure which... uh uh, impacts overall security or improves the overall security of the landscape then that will improve the confidence of regulator as well they will be more inclined to build much more lenient regulation and much more lenient framework where more participants can come into the picture but having said that i still believe that we are still very far from uh, true retail adoption on both self-custody and uh, digital custody side uh, uh, or qualified custody side yes
0: yeah. Mahin, I, I I couldn't help but pick up on the on the one thing you you talked about how that could bring in more regulation. That's something that everybody wants to sort of uh, stop that volatility, right? But you use the word lenient regulation. Is is that really perhaps is that the answer? Uh, regulation, but a lenient framework, as long as these checks and balances are in play.
1: Absolutely, and this is how actually regulation grows. So it starts without regulation when there is a. Everyone is experimenting, something fails, something does good, and then regulation comes into the picture with uh, most likely sandbox. And mm. then it starts with a lot of restriction. But as the technology grows, as the, as people understand how this technology should be used, how the infrastructure or tooling around this gets mature, more secure, more compliant, more interoperable within uh, understanding, all, also people in the start understanding what is expected out of this infrastructure, what right. is expected out of, let's say, reporting requirements, AML-CFT requirements for this particular technology then regulators starts getting more understanding and more comfort out of this. And then they start becoming, let's say, from sandbox. Uh, you are allowed to, let's say, talk to more participants and then involve more participants and so on. So it's, it's good that companies like Liminal and other companies, they build with security and compliance as first principles. And once that is in, then uh, there will be more options available. For an example, if if there is a bank in Singapore right now, if they want to have exposure of $100 of Bitcoin on their ledger, then they need to keep $125 as a security. Now, that removes a lot of use cases out of the picture for banks. Now, once the regulator gets comfort in the storage, in the usage, and in the compliance of uh, these assets, Then at that time, this requirement will go a little bit more lenient, maybe come to, let's say, $100, $400. Then it comes to uh, the risk profile will start going down. And if this risk profile start going down and banks are allowed, let's say, later down the line for having more exposure to assets, then that will open up more use cases.
0: Very interesting. Been speaking with Mahan Gupta, who is the founder of Liminal. Mahin, thank you again for your time today. Take care and have a great day ahead. Take care. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.